That's totally fine. We can talk and you can see how this sounds. I guess I'm the more important one right now, right? Because we know you're going to sound good. The problem is that you're afraid that I'm going to sound like crap. Glad that we got that on record. (laughs) The most important thing. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Win Some, Lose Some, Resiliency in Real Estate. Lila is out of town this week, visiting her family in Washington, uh, but I wanted to take an opportunity to selfishly have a honest lender-to-lender conversation with one of my very good friends and old co-workers at Churchill Mortgage, Jordan Heatherly. Jordan is a husband first, a son and brother second, a friend third, and then a loan officer with Church and Mortgage. He is a lifelong learner focusing on the borrower experience while maintaining a healthy balance in an industry, I love this part, that can take as much as it gives. So I quickly wanna say that you will not meet a kinder and more gentle, thoughtful, patient soul on this planet. Uh, Jordan has always been super kind and supportive to me for years. I have turned to him for everything from loan scenarios to real conversations about a lot of the same stuff that we talk about on this podcast. So I'm really thankful to have you in my life and I'm thankful to have you here today. I'm super excited to be here and the respect goes both ways for sure. So super thankful for you too and the time that we got to spend together at Churchill. I know that I read all of that, but it was still heartfelt. <laughs> I just had to read no, it know, to have my to have my thoughts organized. Other than I get emotional, it all all the ho- all the cohesiveness turns to mush. So whether I'm preparing for this or even a conversation that I feel like is important or matters, even if it's just like talking to Tom about something, I always have mm-hmm. like a paragraph for bullet points laid out. Because I just, it, it seems silly yeah. at first. It's also just like a respect mm-hmm. thing. Hey, I respect everyone's time here today in this meeting. No, I I totally get that. Yeah, no, I, I actually do the exact same thing. I just, and this is just people doing things differently. I don't have, I don't write them down. I just review them over in my mind, like over and over and over. Anytime I'm public speaking or if there's an interview or something like this, you know, I was reading through the questions you guys have. I don't write it down necessarily, but I like, I mentally hold on to it. So I do the same thing. I just don't have to write it down. So I totally get it. I do the same thing. Yeah. Well, I hope you didn't like think about answers too much. One of the, <laughs> one of the previous conversations I had, she printed out all the questions that I have and wrote down like in pencil essay, reading retention style answers. And she was like, Amanda, what yeah. the heck? None of the questions that you're asking. And she's like holding up the paper or on yeah. the prompt. I was like, well, those are just like examples <laughs> of what we could talk about. So yeah. you kind of understand the depth of what we're hoping to accomplish. So, yeah, you have always been someone that I've looked up to personally in your relationships, how you treat others. And then also, obviously, professionally with the care and service that you provide your clients. So I want to know who are your heroes? Who do you who do you look up to? It's so funny that you asked that question on the list of questions. That was the one that I was like, man, this one's really tough. Um, so here's, here's the story with heroes, right? I feel like for somebody to be my hero, I have to almost have a personal relationship with them because I feel like, as you know, we go deep and I think to really understand somebody, I feel like I like having deep conversations and understanding who they are, what makes them tick. And so for me, when you talk about heroes, you know, a lot of times are the people in my personal life and it might even be people in my personal life through different seasons. So like my wife has been my hero for the last six months. 
um, my parents, my sister, um, and I'll get emotional talking about it, but those are the people that I really look up to and respect because I've seen them walk through difficult situations and the way they've handled themselves. And that's been an honor to, to walk with them and to see them, to see them do that. But what I do more readily is I take things from people. I take things from characters. So I was telling somebody recently, a TV show that I watch, I have to love a character. I have to love uh, a quality in a character. I have some kind of redeeming quality for me to watch it. Um, everybody loves Breaking Bad, but I really struggled with Breaking Bad because there was like no redeeming qualities. Didn't love any of the characters. Like I respected the tenacity, you know, of, of, you know, some of the main characters and what they were trying to do. But that's more or less what I do is I find people or characters or examples of things that I see and I pull from those to learn from or to be inspired by. And that's probably the most like applicable answer to a question of like, who are my heroes? I know it's not, it's not a very traditional answer. I just really struggle with like, I can't really say you're like, somebody has, has asked me before, if you could go back and have dinner with anybody in history or whatever. It's like, I, you know, not good at that question. Cause I just don't, there's not like one person that sticks out of my mind that I'm like, that's the person that I want to be like, cause that's what I do mostly is I like to emulate other people and I can't point to one person and be like, that is who I want to be like. I just don't have that. Well, I think that that shows too, that you're always changing and growing and very present in the different seasons that you're going through where you're encouraged or inspired by whoever you're around in that yeah. time. No, a hundred percent. Because yeah, if, if you just kind of attach yourself to one person, I mean, yeah, they're going to, they're a flawed human and hopefully you're always changing. And so you might not see that person in the same light or they may be static as you're changing or they may be changing as you're going through something mm -hmm. different. So I get that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and think about how much, what, what's important to you changes, right? Like if you look at me today versus who I was when I was 23, when you're talking about heroes, that's just, that is, what is the most important thing to you? What are you looking towards? What are you prioritizing? And I'm so much different today than I was back then. So that you're right. That's like an ever changing thing. Uh, I mean, who you look up to or, or what you are, what you are putting on a pedestal to look to. Yeah. So one of the things that I really struggle with that led to, I think, a serious crash and burn over the past couple of years is the the grind culture of this industry and how we talk about a lot. The more you grind and hustle and make yourself available 24-7, you're rewarded monetarily for that. And a lot of people find great success in this industry and make a lot of money by being available 24-7 and always doing the grind hustle thing, which I find toxic and exhausting. Again, equals crash and burn for me. So I want to know, you know, are you able to take downtime? Do you feel like you're, you know, lazy or guilty in that quiet time? How do you handle that <laughs> quote, like grind culture? You know, are yeah. you able to, are you able to turn that off? Oh, that's a good question. Yes. I'm getting better at that. Um, I think there are seasons or times where I'm better at it than others. You know, we've had this conversation. It's something that I've focused on since I joined this industry because I picked up on it very quickly. I've always said that I wanted to figure out what type of loan officer I wanted to be first and then find a way to get there. Or even if you want to talk about production or volume, hey, I want to get to this number, but I want to find a way to do that number in the most healthy and balanced way possible. And I can tell you that in different parts of my career, I've been better than that at others, but it's something that I'm consciously aware of. I think it's taken me giving space and room and permission from my wife to speak into that. 
and to say, Hey, this is becoming a problem. Hey, I'm noticing that this is becoming unhealthy. Um, because I know that I can't do it on my own. I think you have to have some kind of an accountability and some people have that with themselves. Some people might have that with peers, but yes, there's definitely a guilt that comes along with that because when you see other people, you know, posting on social media or, you know, all the victory, all the celebratory things or big numbers or whatever, you start to feel like, man, am I less than, am I not as good as that person? Am I, could I be doing more? And so that is something that's always in the back of my mind. But I have to find a way to figure out what my priorities are. What are the most important things? It's kind of, you know, that the intro that you, that, I, that you read for me, I stared at that question for like 15 minutes, really struggled with that. And part of me, even after I wrote it and sent it in, was like, man, that's a little bit corny. It's a little bit cheesy. But even if it's not true to me 100% today, that is, I'm speaking, that is who I want to be first and foremost. I want to be a husband first. I want to be a friend. I want to be a brother. And I want those things to come before everything else. And whatever I can do with the everything else needs to be good enough. But that's really tough in this industry. So that's something that I'm constantly battling with and trying to figure out. It is so hard. And I think for me, the voice that comes up, and I think even some of the leaders in this industry will say, if you're not staying in front of your referral partners, if you're not staying on top of your database, if you are not doing all of these things constantly, someone else is, and you are losing out on business. Mm -hmm. And so right. I think that voice gets really loud when you're like, okay, well, I want to go on vacation or I need to be more present in my relationships. I think that voice gets really loud of like, all right, well, I'm just going to suffer. My business is going to suffer because I'm prioritizing really what should be most important. And I think for so long on paper, I was saying exactly what mm -hmm. you were saying. I'm a wife first. I'm a mom. All these things. When in reality and practice, yeah. the opposite is true. It's so much easier to, and I think that we talked about this. I remember I was hiding from Tilden <laughs> behind our shed I remember talking to you because I needed, I needed to have this conversation and I, I needed a moment away because I, it was just so much struggle of I, I this. This job is so hard, but it's so much easier to focus on work, to respond to an email, to check something off of a work to-do list again that you're going to be paid for and rewarded for. Okay, I'm maintaining this relationship. This client loves me so much. They're having such a great experience because I responded to them. At, you know, I responded to them at 8.30 p.m. I wonder if any other lenders are doing that when... I'm hiding from Tilden behind the shed because she's looking for me because it's bath time or whatever it is. It's just so, I think I went through a serious phase of saying on paper that this job came after other important things when really this job came before the most important things that I was saying were most important. Yep. I had that exact same realization. It's one thing to say, this is my, these are my priorities in this order. It's another thing to see what your actions are supporting. Completely different. And I had that same realization when I was saying these, I'm saying these are the most important things to me, but the way that I'm acting and the way that I'm spending my time and the way that I'm even assigning my thoughts, the amount of time I was giving to thinking about work was not in alignment with that. So I agree with you hundred percent. It's, it's what voice are you listening to, you know, and, and why? Because for some people, this motivation to grind and to grow and to do more business might actually be rooted in a really wonderful thing. But I think for a lot of us, it's 
it's kind of like there's some FOMO, like everybody else is doing it. Do I need to be doing it? It's some competitiveness, which I think you have to have some of that in this industry to be successful, just period. But I think it can go too far. So it's what are your motivations? Why are you doing this? Why are you trying to grow? And making sure that it's for the right reasons and it's for a reason that's both sustainable, but also a reason that will keep you fulfilled and, and not just always chasing the next big thing, which will never give you that fulfillment. It'll never completely satisfy that hunger for doing more being more, you know, being more successful. Well, I think if you want to have a career, like a long career in this industry, I think that you do have to realize that it's a marathon and, and pace yourself and figure out the reasons that you're doing it and how to balance and what you're motivated by and what it looks like. You know, this kind of goes into my next question of what it looks like when you achieve a goal. I'm, I don't know if you're a goal setter or if you're like, hey, I just do my best every day and the rest will follow, which is kind of a bit of my, hey, make the right decisions every single day. Business will follow staying true to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what's most important. Or other people are like, well, no, I need this to-do list. I need to be calling this number of people to then hit this dollar goal, to then hit this annual goal, to achieve this award. And that's kind of how I track how I'm doing and motivate myself. And then when you, like you were saying, when you reach that mm -hmm. goal, are you able to, okay, cool, I, I did that. I'm going to enjoy this moment. Or do you find yourself, okay, this isn't as fulfilling as I thought. I was chasing this all day or all month or all year. And now I'm here. And now I'm just planning for the next thing because this achievement isn't exactly feeling as fulfilling as I thought that it would. Yeah. So I'm a little bit of both. Um, you remember Matt Clark, yeah. right? So Matt Clark's our CFO. The thing that he always says, which I've held on to a lot is do the next right thing which I love. And that's both in my personal life and in my career. So I would say in general, I am somebody that is every day tries to give my best every day tries to do the right thing and, you know, reach out to people that I need to reach out to prospect when I need to prospect. So that's, that's generally how I operate. I'm not somebody that's like, oh, I need to make X number of calls today. My goals tend to be bigger. Um, you know, like I have annual goals for my production. But I also kind of have these bigger, more general goals of just the way that I'm building my business, how I want my business. It sounds weird, but how I want my business to feel. How do I want to feel when I get to this place in my business if I'm doing a certain number of loans or a certain amount of volume per month or per year? And so I've got a little bit of both of those going on for sure. But I will say that I've struggled with celebrating those goals. Um, and a one thing that I love about my wife is she is somebody who loves celebrating all the little things which I'm so not good at. I mean, you'll think this is funny. So the first time I ever closed a million dollars worth of loans within one month, which now seems like so far away of being like something to celebrate. She brought me in a cake and a balloon into the office, not even joking. And I remember like, you know, some of the older loan officers were like, what is going on? Do we get, you know, cake oh and balloons God. now for closing a million? And at the time I was just like, you know, so new to the industry that I was just like, that was like the thing I was striving for. And she does such a good job of that. And so that's why I'm so thankful for her for that reason, because even in life, I'm just not good at that part. So I'm trying to do a better job of celebrating those victories and even, you know, preparing to come on this podcast, thinking about like, you're talking about achievements and what are wins, you know, like I, it's sad to say this, but I kind of just sit back and think like, man, what are my wins? Like, what is, you know, what is a win that I've had recently? What is a good thing that I've got going for me? Because I tend to just always focus on how can I get better? How can I grow? What can I do differently? 
And I think that can steal a lot of joy from you in this industry as well, for sure. On the Nike running app, there is a run just dedicated to celebrating small wins. No way. And the whole thing is like, if you don't celebrate the small wins, really, you're not going to be celebrating shit mm-hmm. because yep. you miss so many opportunities, like you're saying about Lindsay, to to pause and reflect and to feel happiness, which I think is fleeting, but joy of being present instead of mm-hmm. just always focusing on on the next thing. I think I think a lot of a lot of mindfulness goes into celebrating those small wins in the midst of a lot of loss and a lot of really hard things on a daily yeah, basis. Totally. And I think the whole kind of cliche of it's about the journey, not about the destination. I think that's how you do it. I think enjoying the journey involves a lot of celebration of small steps and small milestones being reached. And so that's something that I'm realizing because there are goals that I had for myself when I joined this industry and joined, you know, took this job that I have hit and I did such a bad job of celebrating that, that it felt very unfulfilling to me. And so I think when we got to, when I got to that point and looked back and I'm like, man, I got here. I never thought I would be here. I did it faster than I thought I would and felt extremely unfulfilled. I think I realized, you know, Jordan, you're doing it wrong. Like there's some, there's some part about this that is not, you know, giving you the fulfillment and the happiness that you thought you were going to get. And I think a big part of that was not enjoying the journey, not celebrating the journey, and then not giving enough credit to yourself when you actually hit these goals. Because goals will always change, but you, you have to celebrate every single step of the way, um, the things that you're doing that are, that are right, um, or else you're just never going to get that feeling that you're looking for. There are so many challenges to overcome in this industry and and lots of opportunities to relay bad news to a client. You know, offer wasn't accepted, appraisal came back low, your credit's lower, so your monthly payment's gonna be higher. We gotta source this random $20,000 large deposit. How do you relay bad news to a client? When I'm relaying bad news to a client, I always try to give them some kind of hope. So in those situations, I mean, obviously the hope can be different depending on what you're telling them, but if their credit dropped, trying to come up with a way for them to, to get their credit back up to where it needs to be or a plan to get it back to where it needs to be. Um, if you have to last minute source a large deposit, say, hey, you know, I'm sorry, this thing came up, but this is the last thing we need. We're on the home stretch. You just try to give them some kind of hope. Because if you just come to them with, oh man, you know, the world's crashing down and no plan or no way to say, hey, this is how I can help you or this is how you can resolve the situation, it's going to be all negative and it's not going to go well. So I know that that's difficult and in some situations people don't want to hear the hope, but I always try to have a positive spin or some kind of a plan to fix whatever is going on. And also too, I think the way that you come to them, the attitude that you have coming to them, I always try to be calm. I always try to be confident in what's going on and what we need and the way that we need to fix it. And I think that they also will pick up on your energy. So if you're frantic, if you're anxious, if you're scared, I think that will come across to them and it's only going to make the situation worse. So I think taking time to really wrap your brain around what's going on, what needs to happen, if there's a way to resolve the situation, will go a long way in their attitude about it as well. You do have a very calm demeanor. Personally, mm-hmm. it's always been great for me because I feel like I run hot and you are very calm and relaxed, which is similar <laughs> to how my husband and he's like, he's the ice and I'm the 
fire, which is why yeah. I have the popsicle tattoo of a reminder to chill. And how do you stay calm? How What's your relationship with stress? How do you stay optimistic, you know, when through this industry, you know, like, hey, everything around us is really stressful. But again, you're reading my energy, so I'm going to stay mm -hmm. level. Like, how do you make, how do you maintain that? So I think I learned this way back in my personal life. So I've got a sister who I love, who is wonderful, but she is like the hot to the max. <laughs> she is just, you know, she can be energy and emotion and all that stuff. And I think pretty, pretty early on, I learned that. And I, I think, you know, through my own counseling, which I think we've talked about, I've learned that it's kind of my superpower, but I don't want to take it to an extreme, which is when difficult situations arise, when emotion really flares up, I found a way to push it off to the side and I become very logical, um, which sometimes can be unhealthy, but, um, it's a way, it's the way that I cope with it is just trying to, because, and, you know, like I said, I was always around people who were emotional. So I knew that my emotions would only multiply the situation. So I learned to become very logical and try to figure things out, kind of like solving a puzzle. So that's really where my brain goes. And that's just a straight up nurture thing that I've learned over the years. And I think it's benefited me in this business because obviously things come up all the time, but I will say it's kind of like, um, I heard this reference just recently. It's like a duck. It's like on the surface, they look very calm, but under the surface, their legs are kicking <laughs> a thousand miles a minute. That's kind of how I feel sometimes. You know, I think I am calm on the outside, but a lot of times inside I'm feeling that anxiety. I'm feeling that stress. So I think that's can build up. And I think that there's ways that I've had to figure out in my own personal life, how to relieve that stress, but it's there. I just think that I find a way to really push it down out of service of the people that I'm around. So for the instance of our job, you know, in service of the people that I'm trying to help through this process and if, you know, trying to walk them through, you know, a purchase or a refinance, I kind of feel like I'm the guide. And so I need to stay calm so that they stay calm so that they can eventually get us to the finish line. Because as much as we like to take the credit and say that we're doing all the work and we do do work, really it's our borrowers that are the ones that are really taking us across the finish line. They're getting us the things that we need. They're the ones that are buying this house. They're providing the funds. And so for me, it just call, all comes down to service. How can I best serve the people that I'm working for? And that allows me to push aside the emotion, at least for a minute, at least when I'm talking to them so that I can give them the best advice that I can. Is that push to the side emotion not going to explode in like some rage against the machine on the way home? <laughs> yes. So sometimes that happens, but that's the thing is you have to find a way to relieve that. So physical activity is a big one for me. Um, you know, I've, this is super random, but I've honestly found like gardening and being out of my yard is something that's been super relaxing. I think with us being in front of screens all day long and talking to people all day long, I need something that's with my hands, um, something that's a little bit more mindless. Um, and so then there's other things that I do too, but those types of things have to happen. And, um, you know, I know that my wife knows that now. So when I get to that point, it's like, Hey, you need to go, go to the gym, please. So that you don't explode. So that definitely happens from time to time. Here's your shovel and your rake. <laughs> <Yes>. Get out. <laughs> your gardening gloves and I've got it, you know, my hat on whatever, but yeah. Um, when are you your happiest? Oh man, I'm my happiest. A lot of times when I'm with family. Honestly, don't even need to be doing a whole lot. Um, we've, I've recently started boating. That's been a really wonderful thing for me, being out on the water, especially with friends and family. Like electric boat or like, I mean, not electric. Are boats electric? They're gas. They're gas. <laughs> I don't, I don't do, I don't boats. R I've been to RC boating. No, um, no, like real, real boats. I joined, <laughs> you just, can you picture me on the edge of a pond? I'm doing RC boats with the ducks. Oh. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> no, like, you know, you know, gas powered boats sure. that I can ride on. Um, but being out on the water has been wonderful, but no, I, I mean, honestly, like I just love being with people that I love. My, my family really grew up a lot of deep conversation, a lot of, you know, just sitting around talking. Um, and so that's a really relaxing, cathartic thing for me to be able to be with the people I love and just talking and spending time with them. From that, uh, what do your boundaries look like with clients and, and how are you able to prioritize being on the boat, spending time with family, you know, prioritizing your own happiness and health? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just real honest with my borrowers. If, if, you know, if they, I feel pretty lucky that I communicate very well during the week that I feel like I don't have a ton of stuff come up on the weekends, but it definitely does. Obviously in this business, you can't really avoid that. But I'm just very honest with people. Um, if I'm out of town, if I'm not by my computer, you know, I'll just I'll make sure to communicate with them and say, "Hey, not by my computer right now. I can get back to you at this time." And I would say most of the time, people are very understanding of that. Um, if they need something quicker, I'll do my best. You know, I'll try to get into a position where I can get something quickly, or you know, a pre-approval letter or whatever else. But I think letting them know that you have a life as well, that you're not just at their beck and call all the time and saying, Hey, I'm, you know, out of town. Hey, I'm on a boat. Hey, I'm with family. I have been very lucky to find that most people have been very receptive of that and have given me that space. And then there's sometimes where I just, you know, I I might not be able to, or won't respond for a few hours, but I just always try to make sure I get back to them normally within the day, if possible, or within 24 hours and let them know if I can't get to this now, this is when I'm going to get to it. And I think giving them that, Hey, you're not getting the, what you need immediately, but you're going to get it by this time. Relieve some of the anxiety of of what they're whatever they need. Well, and I think that that shows a lot about the relationship that you have with them prior to them being in some sort of a emergency. I need it now, but then being understanding mm-hmm. because there has been a level of openness, communication, care. I'm a real person. I'm not a machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, absolutely. You're with your family. I totally understand. Because there has been a level of care there where you showed that you are a real person, that you showed them empathy or you listened. And so there's more of a connection that I think allows them probably to be more understanding is what I would assume. Yeah, I mean, that's a great, I've never really put two and two together like that, but I think you're right. I mean, one of my main things anytime I talk to somebody is I try to, I try to establish trust very quickly. Um, this doesn't always happen, but like, if I can make somebody laugh in that first conversation about anything, I feel like that kind of breaks the ice a little bit. So I agree with you hundred percent. I think if you can establish that trust and like you said, let people know that you're a person, they're a person, you're working together, you're, you're working towards the same goal. It allows you a little bit more room for, Hey, I can't do this right now, but I can do this at this time. Um, because they know and trust that you're going to get it done. So I've never put that connection together, but I think you're a hundred percent right about that. Cool. Love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is called win some, lose some. So I would like to know, like we talked about earlier, where do you feel like you're winning, whether personally or professionally? And where do you feel like you're really struggling and, you know, coming up against some losses? Yeah. So <clears throat> where I'm winning, you know, I think my biggest fear joining this business, because I'm not. I don't see myself as a salesman forward, self-promoting type of person. Um, if you would have told me that I was going to be in a full commission job in sales when I was younger, I probably wouldn't have believed you. And so my biggest fear coming into this business was that, can I be myself? Can I stay true to myself? 
and do this job well and be successful, whatever that looks like for me. And I think even while I was doing it, there was part of me that was thinking, am I ever going to reach these goals if I'm not the guy that's cold calling 50 realtors and you know, doing all this stuff that a lot of people tell you to do, but just is not my personality and is not how I would personally like to build my business. And, you know, like I said, everybody's level of success or what they view as success is different, but I'm happy with where I am right now. And I think even with things slowing down in our industry, you know, I've stayed still, you know, relatively busy. I've, I've maintained a good level of business coming in and, you know, leads to talk to. And so I think over the last probably a year or two. I mean, the business has been very easy the last two years, but especially now it's kind of fulfilling to me that the way that I've been doing things, which like I said, to me has been staying true to myself, has got me to a place that I can still maintain business even when things are slowing down. And it just, the bottom hasn't completely fallen out because I think for a lot of my career, I've had this imposter syndrome saying like, you know, is this success that I'm having based on factors that I have nothing to do with? Is it market specific? Is it because I'm getting lucky? Is it whatever? Um, and so for me, fingers crossed, let's hope this continues. I have, I'm at least happy with how I'm doing now compared to the, what the rest of the industry is feeling right now. Um, and I could still, like I said, st could still get better, but I'm at least happy to know that the things I've been doing have seemingly been working as far as losses. You know, I feel, I have this underlying feeling of you should be taking more risks or that I should be trusting myself more to step out and take more risks to do the things that I feel like I've been wanting to do for the last few years, but just have had been too afraid to, to step forward and to step into those roles. Um, and so a lot of the guilt of kind of what you're talking about of, could I be doing more? Could I be further in my career? Could I be, you know, X, Y, and Z creeps in a lot. And I think it causes me to doubt myself and to doubt the steps that I'm taking in the direction that I'm going in, in this career. So this, both of those things are kind of counterintuitive, truthfully like the two the two sides of the coin that I feel like I deal with on a daily basis but those have been my biggest questions I guess in what I'm doing and in the direction that I'm going in so more risks as in like why am I not seeing you on more Instagram lives <laughs> maybe that's part of it putting myself out there more we've been talking about me creating content for three years probably five years um that's definitely part of it but um yeah something along those lines so at the end of every episode we want to play something for our guest from someone important or influential in their lives. So we actually have a message from Lindsay that I want to play for you really quick. Oh, man. Okay. I got a lot of text. Hold on. A lot of text and not a saved number. Where is she? There she is. Okay. <laughs> also, this is a voice message. It's entitled because I guess it just saved as after she was done. I 65 South. So. I guess she was, <laughs> she, was she was driving. Oh boy. Gotta talk to her about that one. Hey, Jordan, it's your wife. I just wanted to get on here and tell you how I think you're just absolutely crushing it. Um, I just feel like you need to hear that. How loved you are, um, how good of a son, husband, friend, brother, um, colleague, all of the things that you are. And I hope that res like just sits deeply within your soul and that you see that and know that and yeah you're amazing I love you. so parts are hard to hear so i'll text it to you but all the mm -hmm. things that you said in your intro i want to be a great husband first great son brother second mm -hmm. all the things that you said in that order that you want to be here's some affirmation that you are those things yeah. in that order 
Yeah, that's pretty special. I appreciate you reaching out for that. That's really, really cool. I think, yeah. It's funny, but don't we just, we all need more of that. I think I've talked to you about that too. I just think that we don't, especially in this, <clears throat> especially in life in general, like hearing that even from my wife, like, come on, you know, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. But I just think we don't encourage each other enough, especially in this business. You know, I think we all kind of feel like we're on an island, but it's crazy how much something that simple can hit you so hard. Um, I just wish that we would encourage each other a little bit more and, and lift people up. But no, that was really that was really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Of course, especially with our partners. I think because we spend and the past years have spent so much time together, I think that we forget that we are probably still the most important voice that our partner wants to hear. Mm -hmm. And but we don't think that. I don't think like Tom needs encouragement from me. We've been together for like 15 years right. or something ridiculous. Like we spend, we both work from home. And I don't feel like I need to give that to him. He's a grown man. Like we're all, we're all doing fine. We're all doing fine. Mm -hmm. And even today he was working on a guitar thing for work. And he was like, I feel like I'm not playing great. Will you just like basically tell me that I can do it? And I was like, what the hell do you need me to tell you that? <laughs> but I think we just forget. We forget mm -hmm. that we all need to be told, I love you. You're doing great. Yeah, I, I think we, yeah, going on what you just said, I think we forget to do that. 100%. And I think the one of the one of the things that I've learned, I need to do a better job of this in my career stuff, but in my personal life, you know, we think these things. We think, you might think like, oh, Tom looks so good today, right? Or like, Tom, man, I love that interaction with you until then. And that interaction with a stranger, whatever. Like, if you think it, say it to that person. Even if it's small and it's dumb, or you think that it's dumb, it probably will make the biggest difference to that person. And you're 100% right. What other voice would you rather hear saying those things than the person that you love the most, the person you're sharing your life with? So it's really easy, like you said, to just assume that they know those things, but it really can make a world of a difference. So just say it, just communicate it. We have a win some, lose some Spotify playlist, a uh, list of songs from each guest that either lift us up, calm us down, or sit with us in the sadness. And so a couple songs here, you've got uh, some from Jacob Collier, Alan Stone, Charlie Puth, John Mayer, and Sam, I don't know how to say this last one. <laughs> I even like- It's- uh, What? How do you say it? I even it's it's Samo. Okay. It's actually his, it's his name backwards. His name's Thomas. I mean, spelled it backwards. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he just flipped that. You get, Amanda, you gotta, you've gotta, you've gotta listen to that one. Okay. That well, one's like- that one's been like my personal therapy song. It's a really great, great song. Very interesting voice. But okay, well, song. can you, that's kind of goes into my next thing. Can you pick one of these songs and tell me what the song means to you and, and why it's on the list? Oh, gosh. I mean, yeah, I'll just do that one then. So um, a big influence in my life for music has been my sister. Um, she always is sharing music with me. Like we used to listen to music growing up and she will randomly share these songs with me that have really like impacted her. And so this song when she played it for me the guy's voice is very interesting so i loved it when i first listened to it but it just stuck with me and i think this is such a this is probably a repetitive concept for some people but this song really feels like he's singing to himself um, like part of it is one of the lyrics is i will be okay and he repeats that to himself and so for me it was like this affirmations weird light bulb that went off <laughs> this, yeah seriously it's like an affirmation song for yourself and I, it's so funny like 
this doesn't happen to me all the time, but I would just find myself in stressful situations. And this guy's voice singing the song would just come back to me in my head and I would kind of be singing it to myself. So that this song has been on repeat for me for probably the last two months or so. Um, but just such a like relaxing, great song. And just like you said, it's like these self-affirmations when things are not going the way that you want them to be, that you will be okay. As we wrap up, is there anything else we didn't go over? Anything else you want to say? Any self-promotion you want to drop? Hit me with it. <laughs> well, you know me, I'm not for the self-promotion, right? I have nothing to promote. <laughs> what I will promote is that in this year, I will have things to promote. I will put myself out there more and I will start putting out content because I really do. The, my, one of my favorite things about this job is teaching people, is distilling information down to a level that people can understand and feel comfortable with. Because man, we're, we're doing, helping people with such an important step in their lives financially. Yes. But also just the ownership of a home, the thing that it can, things that it can do for a family. And we are a very important part of that. And a lot of times maybe the most stressful part of that. So if I can put things out there that will help people understand more, I would love to do more of that. So I am self-promoting that I will have things to promote by the end of 2022. Everyone that's listening to this. Be sure to find Jordan on socials. I think it's Nashville Home Loans. Is that what it is? The Nashville Home Loans Instagram with a Follow. coming soon post from three months ago. <laughs> uh-huh. I wasn't going to say it, but it's on my list here to bring up. Um, so be sure to send him a message. Let's keep the accountability going. Every single person say, hey, Jordan, waiting for that IG live, waiting to feel confident and informed about my uh, home ownership journey. Love it. So, Appreciate that. Keep checking in. <laughs> oh, man. My biggest encouragement for anybody in this business is to really, you know, people talk about a mission statement a lot. I don't, I've never done something that concrete, but I think taking some time to really sit down and thinking about what you want your life to look like in this business is extremely important and work your way back from that and, and align your goals with what you want that to be. I think too many people join this business with two general goals to just be um, successful or make a certain amount of money, but I would encourage people to really take that next step past and figure out what you want your life to look like and how you want to feel in this business and align your goals and the, and the things that you are striving for towards that. And along the way, if you can lift other people up and help people do that exact same thing, I think you'll lot of, find a lot of joy and happiness in this job that you might not have realized mm -hmm. you could find. Yeah. It's going to look different for everyone. Hey, what do I want my life to look like? Okay. Well, I need to be able to afford X, Y, Z necessities and these other one or two luxuries. And so that means X in volume. Okay, well, I don't have to be so stressed out. Or flip side, I want it to look like this. I want to have five investment properties and I want a garage full of luxury cars. Okay, well, that looks, that business model is very different. So I think that's really cool instead of just kind of a, um, I think it's easy to get lost. There's so much noise. I think it's easy to get lost and to just stress and work hard and stress and work hard and stress and work hard. And then at the end of the day, you're like, yes, I have no direction. And what am I doing this for? And why am I doing this? And who am I doing it for? But I think yeah, very much to back up what you said of, well, what's really your end goal of your life? Because aren't we just working to create our dream life, hopefully, and, and not lose sight of what that is and why we're doing it. Yeah. And I also want to say this, sometimes it can come off as disparaging to, to people who want to be extremely successful. And that's not at all what I'm saying. Some people want to be extremely successful because they want to make a difference in this world. They want to prove, you know, that a, a woman can be 
X successful or a minority can be X amount of successful. Like those are all valid and wonderful things to strive for. I just think there's too many people out here who are striving for success who don't have a purpose. They just want to be successful to be successful. And I think that's a path that will end up leading you down much more anxiety and stress and a lack of fulfillment that, you know, people aren't ready for. So I think just give yourself a purpose, figure out your why. And I think that'll lead you down a path that'll be much more fulfilling. Well, I think this conversation has been very clear as to why every time I've hung up the phone with you, I've said, okay, bye. I love you, Jordan. (laughs) Never. It's never really been surface level with us, has it? It's always been about this kind of stuff, which I love. I mean, that's kind of where I live. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of your your insight and your heart that you shared today. Again, I think it's very obvious all the reasons that I think that you're wonderful and a lot of that was shared today. So thank you for being in my life and and being here today. Love talking. Always. Always. All right. Well, this was long overdue. So glad this happened. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Way long overdue. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Win Some, Lose Some, Resiliency in Real Estate. If you believe in the mission of this podcast to talk about the wins and losses of life and real estate, please share with a friend that could use a reminder that they're not alone in their struggles. Also, rate, like, subscribe, comment, D, all the above. Just pick a random bubble like a Scantron. Also, be sure to visit winsomelosomepod.com for a list of all of our episodes and email winsomelosomepod at gmail.com if there's someone you think we should talk to. Lastly, let us know if you'd like to work with us because we'd love to work with you. Win some, lose some together.